This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Main Ingredient. My name is Kevin Bergen. And I am Krista Hall. Krista. Kevin. You've done some things, man. What did you think of our guest last week, Chadwick? Chadwick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he's going to like that, right? He's so informative. I learned so much when he's with us. 100%. But I, I, I really want to absorb and remember that stuff. Like... Every time he comes, I'm like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He says something very useful that I want to apply. Useful, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, we need to refresh our, our memory every so often. Do we, we have a direct line to him? Pardon me? Do we have a direct line to him? Can we call him all the time? We should, but we could also just go back and listen to our podcast. Oh, you know what? That's a great idea. <laughs> okay, yeah, we can. Um, we have a, January is a busy month for us. What do we have coming up? We have, uh, in the next few weeks, we're going to be going to Little Nana's Italian Kitchen. It's a brand new restaurant on Notre Dame. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I like looks, brand new. It sounds yeah, really nice. And right? it looks really cozy. Cool. And then we're going to go and visit our friends at Nonsuch again. Oh, yes. So the last time we were there, they were still under construction, but right. they've now finished the other half of their restaurant. And they've also, um, the Globe and Mail has has kind of called them out as being the second best new restaurant in the Prairie Top 10. You know what's crazy about that? What? Remember, they weren't going to be a restaurant. They were just going to be a brewery. Yeah. Like the restaurant was secondary and they got the building and the restaurant was there. So now they're a restaurant and they're actually being recognized for that. Yeah. So we're going to talk to them again and find out where they're at um, since the last time we visited with them. Cool. And then... We're going to go to the Assiniboine Downs. So I don't I don't even know. What are we doing at the Assiniboine Downs? You know what? I spoke with Darren Dunn from the Downs, and he hooked me up with Manly Chan, who handles the events and the culinary portion of the Downs. And we're going to go there and check out the kitchen. We're going to see the, the food that they serve. And sadly, I'm a St. James boy, but I've never been to the Downs. Oh, I used to go every summer. Did it's you really? great. Yeah, and I'm actually really looking forward to seeing kind of behind the scenes. It'll be interesting. What were you doing there every summer? Oh, my mom used to take us every summer. We'd get like five bucks each, you know, pick our prettiest horses. Whoever won had to buy uh, popcorn and ice cream for for everyone else. I want $1,000. I'm not buying $1,000 worth of ice cream, mom. I'm not doing it. I want a new bike. (laughs) That's fantastic. Just once a year. It wasn't a regular event. So your mom taught you how to gamble. That's a nice family family thing to do. It's great. (laughs) We've got a couple other things coming up this week, this month. We've got Brazen Hall. We're going to go. I love Brazen Hall. I really do, man. <laughs> I right? do too. I do, but I've never actually seen kind of their brewery side of things. Dude, well, man, the, the wizard hasn't pulled back his curtain to let you see what's going on right, back there. Right, and now they're canning their own beer. Yes. And, yes. So we're going to go talk to them. Perfect. And coming up, one. beginning of February, we've got Poutine Week. Remember we were talking to Daniel Gurevich about La Burger Week? Yes. So he's going to come back and oh talk to God. us about La Poutine Week. Are we going to eat poutine? We are going to eat at least three different kinds of poutine. Okay, so January, note to self, <laughs> hit the gym. Hard. Like, super hard. That's right. And we spoke with Marianne Mazazar again, our fitness nurse, and she gave us some good pointers on working out for your body type. What did you think of that? Oh, I thought it was very interesting. Have you ever worked out in that way before? Like, have you actually thought about your body type and how you should be working out? What'd no, you- I mean, it makes sense. I, I think I just try to deny what body type I am. (laughs) (laughs) But it makes sense. Was that the first time you've heard that kind of thing before? No, but I think she kind of pulled it together in a nice, succinct way, especially tying in not just exercise, but um, 
the dietary differences between the the different body types. That's where I fail badly. The, the you know what I mean. Like I love working out, but the diet portion. Of course, look at what we do. I just love. Oh, I just love food. And, I know. And beer. Well, cheers to beer. You know. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers to beer. You know. Yeah, you weren't here, but you missed out on Steve Shaw with his home brew. I know, but I did listen to it, and I thought it was really interesting. He makes this orange ginger saison, which is, dude, like, let me tell you, the only person on this earth that appreciates beer more than me is you. I know. You know, I wanted to tell you it was terrible. I wanted to tell you it sucked, because... I don't know what people think about, you know, when you think of the words home brewing, I know people may have a misconception that it's just like, you know, like some crappy beer in some guy's basement that he's making it. Man, times have changed. His beer, if he had a can with a label, I would have thought that that was a beer that he purchased from the store. Yep. Sounds great. I mean, and and if anybody's missed any of those last few segments, they can check them out on iTunes or Spotify. 100%, especially if you're a home brewer and you actually want to get some tips. Um, and you want to talk to Steve Shaw, his information is in there. You can reach out to him online. He's a Perfect. great resource. Yeah. And that's a good lineup. Yeah. All right. So that's what we got coming up. Yeah. But today we have... Well, today, because in mid-February, there is something coming up called the Push, Push Project. Oh, and we have... Chef Ben Kramer is going to tell us all about it. Welcome, Mr. Ben Kramer. You are a main ingredient veteran. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Good. Long time no see, huh? Yeah. Been like a week. <laughs> <laughs> It has been. I still like you, by the way. That's good. Um, okay, so, so for Rare, those who don't know you, yeah, whatever. Um, those who don't know you, let's give a brief background on what you're about, who you are, and what you do. Uh, I run a catering company, uh, Chef Ben Kramer, chefbenkramer.com. Look me up. Uh, we do private events. We do corporate work. We do parties. We do all kinds of stuff. I like the way you say it. As if I, just, I, just, I just do catering. We I just, just throw some events together. Just make a couple, you know, <laughs> okay, so what got you into the event portion of catering? Like your events, obviously, you do, do private catering for people, but you now you've you've done a ton of events, big and small. What really yeah, I mean, I used, I used to have a restaurant. I used to run food services at the University of Winnipeg, gave all that stuff up just to do events exclusively. So we do everything from Folk Fest to Table for 1200. Uh, we used to do raw almond when it was around, uh, and then we'd also do like private anniversary parties for a couple in home. So from two to four thousand, ten thousand, whatever. It's crazy. <laughs> what made you leave the the? What made you jump into the event side? Like what enticed you to make to make that leap? Uh, I was doing more and more of it, and realized that that's sort of where my passion was more so than the day to day grind of a restaurant. Is because it's different every time. You can pick and choose what you want, right? Yeah, and I can say no. To stuff, <laughs> which you can't do when you have a brick and mortar and you're required to, you know, people come in and it's really hard to turn people away. I don't we, feel we like get working to, right now. I'm not, I'm not in the mood. Well, we so get to pick go. and choose the projects that make the most sense and align with what we're doing. So it's a, it's a nice thing. When you have a restaurant, you can't always choose your clientele. Okay. So what keeps you motivated to do, to continue doing what you do? Uh, it allows us to do new stuff all the time and to kind of push our boundaries a little bit. So we're constantly growing and never getting bored because every day is a different kitchen, a different menu, different group of people. Okay, so you are here to talk about a specific project, which we're going to talk about after the break. Um, we're going to talk about the push project. Yeah. Right, you always got a project on the go. So I want to know how this a one few. came about. Yeah, a few. Good <laughs> um, I, we want to know how this one came about and we're going to give the details on uh, on how that went. <laughs> All right, we're going to do that next year on the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, welcome back to the main ingredient. Kevin Bergen here, 
Krista Hall here. We are talking with chef extraordinaire Ben Kramer. He's <laughs> like, who's it, who are they talking who, about? Yeah, look, I'm looking around. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. All right, we're here to talk about the Push Project. Why don't yeah. you get, break that down and tell us what that's about? Uh, the simple Coles Notes version is we've got- We don't uh, want Coles Notes. We're here to talk, bro. 11 chefs, uh, 10 days, collaborative, interactive, uh, communal table dinner. Uh, we're feeding 32 people at a time for almost two weeks. What, at all at one location, or is it going to be? Yeah, it's all at one location. It's a cloakroom in the exchange. Mm, uh, nice. We're doing a different chef every single night. Uh, and the idea is that my team and each chef are going to collaborate and work on a menu together and learn from each other, share ideas, grow, uh, experiment, and uh, use the clientele as a bit of a guinea pig to... <laughs> See if you like to, it or not. Yeah, to eat the finished product. What's the interactive part? Is that interactive with the clients who come in to eat? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, we're building a kitchen. Uh, the cloakroom doesn't have a kitchen, so we're doing what we do best. Uh, my team is build a kitchen out of nothing, uh, but we're going to build it as close to the guests as we can so that they can kind of get... Not hands-on, but right beside us so they can kind of see the action and get involved a little bit and What's interact. What's the capacity? And like how many people? Uh, we're only doing 32 at a time so we can keep it small oh, nice. and intimate. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Whose idea was this? Uh, mine. How'd you More come up with it? What, what was the inspiration? Uh, well, a big part of it was wanting to work with other chefs. I mean, we because we do different menus and different events and different locations all the time, we're constantly kind of pushing ourselves. But my, I got a small crew, and we live in a bit of a bubble and want to get out and work with other chefs and learn and share and kind of build, build, build this community idea? a little bit more. How did you toss the idea out to other chefs? Uh, I literally had like a five-second conversation with each of them and didn't even explain anything, and everybody was in from the get-go. Like, hey, man, I'm going to put... We're we're going to do a collaborative dinner. You want to participate? And everybody said, yeah, right away, so... How did you choose the people that you talked to? Uh, We we built a huge list. Uh, We've been talking about it for a few weeks before we approached anybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Built a really big list and then uh, decided to try and narrow it down to a group of people that don't necessarily get uh the limelight all the time um and people who are super talented there's you know there's we're a small city and we've got a handful of chefs that kind of get the limelight all the time and don't need it so (laughs) 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 we work with those people all the time because they're the ones that get invited to charity events because they're the name that has you know they're always there so you know not not to knock them because i love everyone in the city Right, but you just want to spread the love like this. <laughs> but yeah, you, you yeah, know, and you know, and work work with new people and expose the city to a lot of talent that you know, not not everybody that's that's coming to this dinner is you know running their own restaurant. They might be a sous chef somewhere, you know, and they rarely get the spotlight. So we're just trying to spread the love a bit. Okay, so you are on night what? It runs from the fourteenth to the twenty Valentine's Day till the twenty third. And you are you there every night? Yeah, yeah. My team we're working every night, so we're collaborating every single night. Uh, every other chef's going to do a single night. Gotcha. So, right. So, you guys are there the whole time supporting yeah. whoever the feature chef is, we'll say. Yeah. 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 I got it. So, let's let's name a few of the chefs that are joining us. Uh, well, we got Talia. Hi. <laughs> who's here today Hi. from from the tallest poppy. Yep. Uh, Tom. He's uh, at Thermea. We got Pam from Fourth. Uh, we got this guy, RJ, who used to have a restaurant, uh, Creme de la Sance. He's now at uh, Trans Canada Brewing. Uh, Aaron Epp, who used to work at Peg City back in the day mm-hmm. uh, when they were around. He's doing freelance work now. I've worked with him for probably 15 years on and off at various places. 
Uh, Hank's on my team. Uh, he'll be there. Renee, she's sous chef at Hearth. Uh, it's a big list. It's all on my website. What are the challenges on doing events that don't have kitchens? Like, is it a challenge <laughs> to you anymore? N- not really. I mean, it's 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 planning. We can't wing it. You know, we do, if we do an event with a kitchen, we can show up and figure it out because right. we've been cooking long enough that mm-hmm. if there's a heat source, we're fine. Um, for us, the challenge is uh, honestly just staying organized and staying out ahead of it. But we've been doing it long enough without a kitchen that, that I'm not concerned at all. Like we do this restaurant quality food without proper kitchens almost every day. Um, you should bring them to work with us. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, the biggest challenge is I've got a group of chefs and I'm trying to organize a bunch of people who are all busy uh, to get together and collaborate and find time to do that and write menus and plan. And that's that's the hardest part is those logistics. Right. So how do you how do you get food everybody together to find out what they're going to make? Does everybody just say, "Hey, I'm making this"? No, no. I'm gonna. We're setting up meetings with each chef individually. We're gonna get together and have coffee or a beer or lunch or whatever. And look, and I picked so, off two of them for you tonight. Yeah, perfect. perfect. Right. We're gonna write menus right now. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna do one one on one with with each different chef and kind of you know see where they're at and where we're at and. And is it a set number of courses? No, I mean we're limited by the amount of time we have because certain nights we're doing two seatings, right? And we don't want it to draw on too long. Um, but other than that, it, it really comes down to the chef. I mean, it'd probably be five ish, but I know there's some chefs that can pull off eight in the same amount of time doing small courses. So yeah, the goal, we'll keep it around five. Would that be a challenge for, of course, I'm, I'm not a chef. So would it be a challenge for a chef that's used to his set kitchen and what he does every day to come into? Oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, like when we did, uh, at raw almond, for instance, every year we'd bring in, uh, Mandel brought in chefs from all over the world, and there were some like world caliber chefs who had a real hard time in that kitchen because right. they're so used to their setup and having every single thing that they need. Uh, and walking into a kitchen that you know barely has a stove is a tricky thing if you're not used to it. So that's kind of that's kind of where my team comes in is where, when we write the menus, we're going to kind of walk through logistics and how to do it and what we can do or how we have to you know compromise a bit. Right, got it. Um, how do people get tickets? Uh, all on my website, chefbenkramer.com. Uh, it's got a list of all the chefs, which night they're cooking, all the prices, the dates. Pick a date, pick a chef, click a button, you're in. Wow. I see Valentine's Day is already sold out. Uh, for second seating, Valentine's Day sold out. First seating's, I think, 50% sold out. Yep. Uh, we got a couple nights that are almost sold out. Uh, total, I think we're I, – I haven't looked. Recently, but I looked uh, just before New Year's, and we were about twenty five percent sold out already for and the you're entire barely starting. Thing. Wow. It's beginning of January, yeah. right? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. We we launched it right before Christmas, so if anybody wanted to use it for gifts or or whatnot, but I anticipate going into the new year, we'll sell out pretty quick. For sure. So uh, you better get your tickets, huh, Krista? Yeah. Um, that's Chef Ben Kramer. The Push Project is a thing. You can get your tickets at Chef ben, ChefBenKramer dot com. We're going to be back here on the main ingredient on six eighty CJOB. Everybody, welcome back to the main ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. Krista Hall here. We have a special guest in the house. Yeah, we have a few. We do. Yeah. We actually have a chef here. Can you believe it? On a food show. Chefs <laughs> on a food show. All right. So originally trained as a heavy duty diesel mechanic. Fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Chef Talia took a job at a northern Alberta tree planting company a few years ago, but within a month of her arrival, she injured her foot. 
a few years ago is very generous. Yeah. <laughs> we're all young. We're all like 30. I don't know what you're right. talking about. Yeah. Instead of returning home to Winnipeg, she began working inside the camp kitchen. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so my dad was a heavy machinery, a diesel mechanic, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what he did. That was his thing. Yeah. So you must have had some sort of interest or cooking background just decide that I'm just going to stay here and cook. Like, uh, explain that to me. I did not. No, I had had never, um, I don't even think, I don't know if I'd ever like boiled an egg at that point. So I'm just going to cook. I don't don't get it. So I, um, I was, uh, I was working in a truck shop. Mm Mm-hmm. And I needed, like, I was just, I was, I needed, like, a break. I needed uh, some time away. And a of the job of mine, itself or the career or what you were doing? I just, from my life, yeah. I just, you know, I was just at a point in my life where I needed uh, a little, uh, like, a, a summer, you yep. know? A little recess. And, exactly. So um, a friend of mine was going tree planting. He invited me to go with him. I took a leave from my job. And uh, I I went to this tree planting camp to plant trees, mm-hmm. and uh, I I planted trees for about a month. I was very bad at it, like very bad, <laughs> and uh, and then I injured myself while we were on some days off, and but I I just I loved being out there, you know, like I loved. Um, it's being night and day the, from what you were doing. Oh, a hundred percent. Like a hundred percent. And um, the the crew of people were so great, and I just I didn't want to come home. So um, I kind of, uh, but I couldn't plant any trees because right. I was really pretty cut up. And um, I uh, kind of, yeah, just endeared myself to the kitchen staff. At first, just hoping that they would maybe um, like feed me. You know, mm-hmm. so I could just hang out there. I didn't really have a plan. I was just like, maybe if they think I'm nice, they'll just keep feeding me and I won't have to, <laughs> I don't know, leave. No, no one will know that I'm a yeah. leech. But I'll they, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But then they uh, they started giving me little tasks. And then over the course of the next few months, I just like, I got uh, I got pretty comfortable in there and, and they, they gave me a job. You really and, needed a serious break from that, from the other career, hey? Yeah, yeah, it was. Like you were tapped out, just, obviously. Right? I was, I was, I was pretty done. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I stayed in the kitchen and and worked, worked in the kitchen, and they they just taught me a bunch of stuff, you know. And it, you know, a a, a situation like that is is a great place to learn because it, it really, there's no competition, mm-hmm. you know. Like if uh, I had a. a one of the women who who trained me had a shirt that said, "If you don't like my cooking, try the restaurant down the street." Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it was just, it was not. There's nothing you could do about it. You know. Yeah. Okay. So you come back to Winnipeg. So I come back to Winnipeg, and um, and I just um, I I just realized that heavy duty diesel mechanics wasn't really for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were lots of great things about that job. Don't get me right, wrong. I you, loved it. It just, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty repetitive. That right. was the main thing that yep. I, and I, I just, I had l- loved in these bush camps in the same way Ben was talking about, just like having to roll with it in this weird way, you know, like they would kind of drop you sometimes out of a helicopter, you know, in these weird remote places, you had to build everything from scratch. And the resources were super random, like let alone sparse, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I just, I loved how resourceful you had to be all the time, kind of making it up as you went along and figuring things out. And it just seemed, it was just really exciting. Okay, so you come back to Winnipeg. Was your intent to stay in this industry? Like what, what, what was your plan when you came back? 
Like, okay, I'm not going back to that job. Yeah, I've been I don't cooking for a while. Remember. You know, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 I didn't really know what I wanted to do. It was, I was pretty confused. Honestly, like that now, man. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, a friend of mine um, who had just opened a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were chatting and I was like I don't know what I'm going to do and she said well you you liked cooking in that tree planting camp and I said yeah and she said why don't you open a restaurant wow. I was like That's, it seems That's a- like a crazy thing to do <laughs> and uh, she said no I just opened a restaurant and I think it's great that's basically the gist of it and you were like she just, sure and I was like okay if you think I should do it I'll, I'll do it do you know and I uh, how was the first the first restaurant was what it was the the poppy, but it was somewhere else. It was on Main Street, North Main, it, yeah. and it was like very conveniently located. There were a lot of like weird things that happened mm-hmm. that were kind of like, um, you know, um, that kind of came together at the time. I, I at first uh, we thought that we would just open a catering company, yeah. uh, me and my partner, at the time, and um, we started looking for a. a like a commercial kitchen to work out of mm-hmm. so we could we could do that and um uh i had taken a couple of jobs um working like i i had worked in um i i was sort of doing a lot of festival catering you know and um yeah we thought maybe we could we could do that i don't know it we just we found this kitchen to work in, and then the owner of the kitchen, the person that owned the kitchen, said, "You can have this kitchen for free, basically, if you open a restaurant, because we think the neighborhood needs a restaurant in this part of the city. Well, we don't have any no restaurants. What? How can you say no to that? Right? Yeah, it it's just like, it seemed fine. You how know? long ago was that? That was twelve years ago. Okay, almost thirteen years ago. Okay, so you open, and how was that? How was that first kick? It was like a nightmare. It was just a terrible, <laughs> terrible experience. I love the story. Yeah. Usually people come in here, like most people come in here, and you know, you meet tons of people who start off in one career, and of course they are interested in something else, making a product, cooking, whatever, and there's always a breaking point to how they kind of get into it full time, where yours is just, didn't like that, cut and dry, I'm into something completely new, and now I'm running a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't suggest it. But it's like, twelve years later, and you're still doing it. Yeah, yeah. It was. It turned out to be a good fit, but it, it, it. Yeah, it was like a. It was a pretty steep learning curve. What were those first that. couple years? First couple years. What they were. They were, they were honestly. Hard? They were very difficult. There How did you get through it? A lot it? of. Honestly, I got a mic honestly, in your face. We got time here, man. For real. Yeah. The way I got through it was with the help and support of the Winnipeg food industry. Like other restaurateurs or like other or, restaurateurs mm-hmm. and other chefs. I mean, it was just I I cannot even like for one minute like I can't even put language on how supportive <laughs> the industry was at that time um, and and still is for sure. Mm-hmm. But like I just knew like no matter how like what kind of like binds or tricky situations that I got myself into, which I did all the time. I could always like call Ben. 
I could call Scott. I could call Danielle. I could call, like, I just had a million people that, you know, would let me go grocery shopping in their walk-ins if I needed to, <laughs> you know, that would, um, that would, you know, help me write a menu, that would help me make something sound fancy, whatever, you know, and, and I could call them all the time. And it was, and I did, you know. I really, I really did. That's some good. Yeah. That's some good support there. It was, it was, uh, it was quite a special time. I want yeah. to become a chef and open my own restaurant. What do you think, yeah. Ben? Gonna... <laughs> you know, I'm going to take that back. It's but... a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about your your restaurant present day. You have great burgers, by the way, um, at the Tallest Poppy. Thanks. Um, how do I pronounce your last name? It's Sirai. So Sirai. Sirai. Talia Sirai. Yeah. Chef Talia Sirai. Right. All right, we're going to talk about Chef Talia Sirai here on The Main Ingredient, and we're going to talk about her part in the PUSH project, as well as more of your history in the food industry, okay? Okay. Here on The Main Ingredient with Kevin Bergen and Krista Hall on 680 CJOB. It's The Main Ingredient, returning on 680 CJOB. Kevin Bergen here. Krista Hall here, and we are joined by Talia from The Tallest Puppy. Okay, so... First segment, we we're talking about your intro to the food industry, which mm-hmm. I love that story. That is killer. Um, let's talk about your restaurant right now, the Tallest Poppy. Tallest Poppy on Sherbrooke. Correct. What uh, what kind of restaurant is it? Um, right now it's uh it's a it's kind of a diner. Mm-hmm. Um, we sell a lot of like hamburgers and fried chicken, that sort of thing. And you do it quite well. I've had a burger there. Thank you. Yes, it's very good. I'm you, glad you like it. You know it. what I'm saying? So um, how long... Okay, so you moved from Main Street to mm-hmm. Sherbrooke. What, yeah. wh- why did you make that move? So like our our first location on Main Street was great in a lot of ways, but it, it definitely had some limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, the was neighborhood, it free the whole time you were there on Main? No, no. Eventually we did have to start paying mm-hmm. rent. But well, I think like the first, uh, the, first, the first few years uh, were, were free. Mm-hmm. And what um, was the size of it? It was very tiny. It was very, it was, I mean, this room is maybe, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, we only, I think, I think we sat at like 30 people. That's a good okay. size. Still. 28 people, 30 people. Yep. It was pretty small. And um, just because of the location and stuff like that, we couldn't really serve alcohol. We couldn't be open at nighttime. It was just we we were very limited in in so what breakfast we could do. And lunch? It was breakfast and lunch, and then um, you still have a life though. That's good. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely for sure. <laughs> yeah, because like, no, <laughs> as soon as the restaurant closes, everything ends. <laughs> you're just done. You're free and clear. There's nothing else that happens. So that's yeah, it was great. So that was a dumb statement. Yes, sorry. Um and uh, yeah, and it was just it was it was challenging also because the kitchen was so small. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we did like pretty big projects. And I, I mean, there's this story that my old roommate tells where uh, we were prepping for a festival and um, we had had to prepare like a, an actual, t- like a ton of meat. Like we had had to cook. An actual ton. Like a, like a, like a metric ton of meat to for this festival and um so we were like we had the ovens going in the kitchen at the restaurant like 24 hours a day obviously but also like 
my oven at home and then like oh, all everywhere. of my neighbors and whatever. <laughs> so my roommate at the time had some friends in from out of town and they wanted to make um, they wanted to make supper for themselves. And my roommate was like, we can't really make supper because, um, you know, there's all of these pork butts in the oven. <laughs> and uh, the neighbors were like, or the, the people in from out of town were like, maybe you could ask your neighbor if we could we could use their oven. And she said, no, <laughs> just pork butts in their oven too. And it was ridiculous. Like I had keys to the houses of probably eight people on my street. It was just like, it was just hard. It was hard. I was just shuffling things all the time and this constant hustle. So we just, we needed a bigger space. The part of that that's impressive to me is that you have eight neighbors that you can actually put stuff in their oven and keep that it going. Is the, that is the beauty of Point Douglas. <laughs> Point Douglas is unlike any other neighborhood. Can I bore a cup of sugar? Very also, yeah. can, I, can I use your oven for the next week, please? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I need your house keys and your <laughs> alarm code. Yes, I will feed your dog. Sure, whatever. But And you have guests and they can't even cook Ooh. in anybody's oven in the, in the whole neighborhood, which is pretty crazy. Uh, so right now, present day, now that you moved to Sherbrooke. Yeah, Sherbrooke. Sherbrooke. How many yeah. does that restaurant seat? That's, that's uh, a good so size. that's like, yeah, it's like a normal size restaurant. Um, I always say that Main Street was like our practice restaurant. Mm -hmm. And uh, now we have like a, like a real restaurant. It seats about 70 people. Wow, yeah. Yeah. And um, and yeah, it has like a like a like a normal kitchen and um, <laughs> and a liquor license and and your neighbors are all eating for free there now, aren't they? It's, it's a fact, actually. Yeah. Well, you know what? A lot of those people that like were letting me use their ovens actually like invested in the restaurant when you know. we were. Oh yeah, totally. That's awesome. Hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. They actually just were like, yeah, we. Would like you to get out of our kitchen. <laughs> so here's some money. Here's some money. Go away. Go build your own <laughs> kitchen. kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> we just yeah we want access to our own personal ovens. So so yeah. you're now also getting involved with the push project. That's correct. Yeah. How do you know this guy? How do you know Ben Kramer? I feel How did like, you guys meet? I feel like we met at a party. Oh. Yeah, I feel like yeah, like we met at like a birthday party or something. But you know, honestly, like the 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 food industry, like the the restaurant industry um, in Winnipeg, um, is uh, like it's a bit of a juggernaut. Mm -hmm. And honestly, and uh, it's just like it's got a very tight core. And the people that you meet, you just like, I don't know. It's like it's it's kind of like a bag of hooks. You know, you just like we're just all <laughs> stuck on each other. You like just meet, can't get out. Don't yeah, twist it up. we can't for good or for good or or bad or whatever. It's just like we're we're kind of yeah. all in it together. Well, we all we all know how hard it is, right? So yeah. it's like you know, there's there's this camaraderie that comes with you know sharing struggle. You <laughs> Absolutely, know, you, and you, you see it you see it a lot with you know. Jobs like the police or the military, okay, or, you know, yeah. and, and not to compare, you know, like we're just cooking food, but it's the, not just cooking food. But it, it is, a, the it is a weird and the job. pressure and like not having holidays and constantly giving and not necessarily receiving, like all of that stuff kind of puts us out of balance. And I think the community as a whole supports each other and holds each other up as much yeah. as possible because... Otherwise, we collapse. Because it, it is a weird job, and not a lot of... Like, people who haven't been in this job don't really get it. So, mm -hmm. you know, 
and and I, I you know, I'm jealous of them. Are you, okay, <laughs> I wish tw- I didn't get it. Twelve but. years later, are you glad you made the leap? From diesel mechanics? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. No, definitely. I would not have I would not have um um I mean I would have I would have found something else. That, mm-hmm. Like that just wasn't a good fit for me. Um there are lots of great things about the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, I, I am I am very glad. It's it's been a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Do you know it's um it's a creative job. It's a job that is like physically, like you use your body a lot, which I like. And um, you, you just get to meet like a ton of people. Like I'm quite extroverted and and I, I like sort of like, I like I like being around people. I get like a lot of energy from that. So it's, it's a good fit for me. And, and you get to be like a... Like a low-level celebrity, you get to be like a, you know, a C, like a C-list celebrity, which is like, which you, has that's like great. Zero perks. It's yeah, great. yeah, totally, that's the totally, best. totally, totally. But people say, but hi I know to you. you. People yeah, say exactly. hi to you people all are, the time. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, so the Push Project from the 14th to the 23rd, your night is the 22nd. Two seatings. Yes. I know you don't have your menu. I should write that down. She's like you're the first time. Send me a reminder. Yeah, send me a reminder. Yeah. You used to do a lot of events. Bring you. Yeah. Do do you do still? Do you still do events? We do do a lot of events. Yeah, Yeah. mostly at the restaurant. Like I don't, I don't do as many sort of traveling out in the world events anymore. Uh, We do a lot of, um, we do a lot of arts related events. We work with uh, Synonym Art Consultation. Uh, quite a bit, and they organize a lot of stuff around the city. So, so we do a lot of stuff with them. What are you looking forward to for this event? You know, I I am actually really excited about um, sitting, like sitting down with Ben, and 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 actually like just trying to come up with some things that I've like I've been thinking about it a lot. Sort of like the things that are kind of scary for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like the things that that I have avoided or steered clear of and kind of thinking about like why I've steered clear, like why those things frighten me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and why they're, they're kind of uh, stressful or whatever. And just like really diving into it. Like I've, I've, I, I'm excited about that opportunity. Okay. And yeah. honestly, the, there's a write up on the website about it. That's a little more detailed, but the whole point and the reason it's called push is to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. Lots of these chefs, you know, aren't used to cooking outside of their kitchen. So that's a push in itself. Uh, we're trying to collaborate in a way that gets us to try new things. Like Talia said, get out of the comfort zone of like, I know these six dishes are going to mm-hmm. kill it. Everybody be happy. Let's not lean on those crutches the same way and, and push ourselves. And then also pushing the guests to try. They're showing up without a menu. They don't know what they're eating. They know what night they're coming, what chef it is. Half oh, the so, people, at, so at no point up to the up to the night they come, they're not knowing. It's not like you can go on the website. They're going to find, gonna out, find out when they sit down at the table. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but and you they, can't really only, lose with the with the with the, with the no. chefs that you brought. There no, is no, and losing. I mean, yeah, we, we're we're pretty established, and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully our reputation's enough to get people to show <laughs> up. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're 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 handling dietaries. When you buy tickets, there's a little spot where you can fill out if you have any allergies and. We'll work around it if we can. If we can't, we'll contact you and figure something out. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, we're you know we're hoping people will trust us to come push themselves out of their comfort zone into a weird space that doesn't have a kitchen. It's not a restaurant, and come and have a good time. 
That's awesome. Okay, so that's the push project, February 14th to the 23rd. Talia, your night is the 22nd. I'm telling you for the first time, your night's the 22nd, Aaron. Cool. Um, <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Get your tickets at chefbenkramer.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Main Ingredient. Where else can we be found, Krista Hall? We are on iTunes, we're Spotify, Facebook, Instagram. Google Play, and even... YouTube. Yes. We're on yes. YouTube, too. Join us in all those places. We'll be back next week with more great guests here on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.